Unfiltered by Jade. Jade. Welcome to the Unfiltered by Jade, where we get out of the box and dive into topics that are sidelined. I look forward to entertain, educate, and inspire. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, donate, and make everybody know about it. Beats by RB Records. Shopping assistance, your style, your budget. Our services include online and local shopping for individuals and businesses, personal shopping, purchasing of company and office supplies, importing and exporting small packages across Jamaica and worldwide, and helping you find unique gifts and items for all events and occasions. Contact us at 876-919-5195 or shoppingassistance2015 at gmail.com. Shopping Assistance, your style, your budget. Welcome to the Unfiltered by Jade. Today we have with us here Dr. Beth Goldstein, and she's here to speak with us today about hyperpigmentation. Now, Dr. Beth, this is an interesting topic because this is something I also struggle with. So I'm waiting to hear what you have to tell us about it. So first and foremost, what is hyperpigmentation? Good to be back. Sure. Great speaking with you. So hyperpigmentation is due to excessive melanin production. And it is, everybody has like the same number of melanocytes, but that the melanin that is sent over um, is usually caused by increased synthesis. And that can be due to lots of reasons. What, what are some of the causes? What are some of the reasons for this? Well, there can be just like some extra deposits of pigment in the skin, you know, things like birthmarks or freckles. Um, there's some genetic syndromes, um, but with just, you know, normal flat areas, the most common tends to be either what we call post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, like after a pimple or a scratch or a bug bite or burn, mm-hmm. you know, due to inflammation, there's increased pigmentation and it can be in the top layer of the skin, the epidermis, but sometimes it's also in the second layer of the skin or dermis. And that's mm-hmm. when it's really stubborn to try to get rid of. Um, There's also splotchy excess pigmentation, like with melasma. It is present in men and women, but it's classically associated with pregnancy and birth control pills, but anyone can get it actually. There are some medical conditions that can be associated with it um, and certain medications that can do it. So even diabetes or some other um, endocrine abnormalities, like with your pituitary Uh your thyroid, Um, even some blood disorders can cause you to have excess pigmentation. Hmm. So when is it that you know if it is um, benign or if it's malignant? So we usually think in terms of, you know, benign being it's no problem whatsoever. So for instance, the hyperpigmentation associated with, say, 
um, diabetes, your thyroid disease, the pigmentation itself is not going to cause you trouble, but the underlying cause, you know, can cause you a lot of illness. Um, as far as, you know, skin cancers from pigmentation, which we call those melanomas, although you can have pigmented basal cell carcinomas, you know, they can have some pigment to them as well. Um, so pigmentation, like in your nail beds, if it's irregular, um, a lot of people who are Asian or darker skin types can normally have some hyperpigmentation in their nails and on multiple nails. But sometimes that can be a sign of cancer if the pigment looks different from the others or is changing, getting darker or wider or multiple colors. So there are different types. You, you mentioned the one around the nails. There are some who have it like around the neck or on the arms. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know? Because sometimes there's no symptoms. I mean, and some persons who probably have gone to get it checked out, they're like, there's nothing wrong with them apart from that. Like, like, what do you do? Like, after you use the over-counter medications, um, mm-hmm. when is it that you need to now go and seek help? Because I've heard of using papaya soap, using whatever to get it. But I think using those things more, it's more to clear, to clear up the skin, to make the skin look better, but not heal the problem or, you know, get rid of the problem that's there. Now, there was one problem. It looks like dirt. It's called terra firma form dermatosis. Mm-hmm. And I, I have seen it. And it looks like just dirt. Um, and people are really clean. But that is actually due to the skin not um, exfoliating. Like the top layer of the skin gets kind of thick. And it does mm-hmm. exfoliate. And sometimes use of alcohol scrubbing once a week can help with that. But in general, hyperpigmentation, say, we were talking about around the neck or under the arms, sometimes that is associated with a tendency for diabetes or what we call acanthosis nigricans. And that's usually located like under the arms, in the groin, on the back of the neck. And mm. that is um, really not excess melanin. The darkness is usually due to the thickening of the very top, top layer of the skin. And treatment of that is, you know, getting rid of the underlying, if there's like diabetes or obesity or some other things that are maybe um, aggravating that. Uh Um, But there's no papaya soap that's going to (laughs) help with that. Um, General exfoliation is kind of the best way to go. There's over the counter, you know, the more you try to, um, you know, really scrub things off or rub things off, you're almost like, run in a circle because you're inflaming the skin, which is going to cause more darkness, which is going to cause more inflammation. So trying to do things that are aggressive are not a great idea. I'm particularly not rubbing, you know, rubbing the skin or scrubbing the skin. So products that have um, ammonium lactate, one called amlactin is over the counter is a good one. There's a number of glycolic acid lotions. You don't want to be doing peels, but just lotions if you're talking about on your body. Okay. And those can be helpful. In areas where there is sun exposure, even darker skin types, one of the things that really can keep some of the hyperpigmentation going is sun. And sometimes it's actually visible light, not just ultraviolet light. So often if you're fighting 
hyperpigmentation on your face and you have darker skin types, sometimes using even um, sunscreen with pigment in it is better. Oh, okay. Than just regular sunscreen. And then there's, you know, medications that can cause, um, you know, hyperpigmentation, certain antibiotics and high blood pressure medicines and things, um, heart medicines that sometimes can aggravate it. So does, um, apart from medications, especially does diet, does diet affect hyperpigmentation? Not so much. Not really. It's more, there's this one condition where you can, if you get certain food on your skin, it can cause hyperpigmentation and blisters. And that has a special name. It's called phytophotodermatitis. If you've ever been squeezing limes, and you get it on your fingers, but there's lots of other um, foods that can do this. But if you get lime or celery or certain different type of vegetables on your skin and then exposed to the light, sometimes it can cause blistering and hyperpigmentation. So not necessarily yeah. eating food, but having it touch your skin. But, uh, Dr. Beth, Persons have suggested, oh, this is just what we have been hearing. Persons have also su suggested using like lime or lemon with baking soda to use to rub on it to help it to get away. I'm just telling you. So now that you're saying that the lime or so we touch the skin and the light goes on it, it can cause hyperpigmentation. That means we're probably making it worse than better. Yeah, and there are some really, you know, good treatments and the treatment of hyperpigmentation you know, can be so frustrating for people because sometimes you're managing it. You know, you're not curing it and making it go away forever. Like you make it better. Uh -huh. um, and then again, you know, we're talking about, you know, you've got to really stay away from things that are going to cause irritation or inflammation because that's really going to go against what you're trying to achieve. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. All right. So we know about the one on the neck, as he has spoken to us about the one on the, under the arm. Can using certain deodorants help to cause this too? Usually if it is irritating. So if your deodorant is not irritating your skin, probably is not causing the hyperpigmentation. Um, but some people just get hyperpigmentation under their arms. It's just a thing. And that's oh. where you can use some of these gently exfoliating products. You can even use... A very mild form of tretinoin, okay. some over the counter. A then makes one called Retronal, R E T R I N A L, Retronal by a then. Okay. And it's very mild, gentle uh, form of vitamin A cream that can be very gentle to help with hyperpigmentation in that location if just, you know, the alpha hydroxy acids aren't helpful or too irritating. You have told us already about some of the medications or the remedies can, that can be used. Well, what is the procedure that we'll take if, we t if it is that we go to a dermatologist and they say, okay, we need to treat this? What is it? Okay, I'll talk about procedures, but there's a lot of other um, skin lightening uh -huh. options for people. So we'll talk about with hyperpigmentation again, we have to be so careful to not irritate the skin. And I had a patient who had laser for her melasma and 
one time it worked, it was great. And the second time she had it done, it was a disaster. And she said, I'm not in the sun. And this was several years ago. And what we realize now is that she was not using, um, you know, the tinted moisturizers. And she was also, heat sometimes makes it worse. You know, people can be great about using their sun protection, but just heat sometimes can make it worse. Yes. And imagine if using a laser, they're hot. And it's not a guarantee that going with more aggressive or fancier procedures is actually a good thing. Huh. Okay. But you're not, <laughs> you're not short selling yourself to not have these extensive laser treatments. Chemical peels, starting gently, can be helpful. Okay. Microneedling can be helpful. There's now use of products that have um, transemic acid, which can be helpful. So sometimes you can have micro microneedling now. They're starting to find formulations of transemic acid okay. that can help with the hyperpigmentation. Oral transemic acid has been shown to be very helpful with melasma. Okay. And that's where you end up. It's not where you start. There are some side effects, oh, but it boy. tends to work well. Um, have you heard much about hydroquinone? Have, have you read? Not much about it, no. So hydroquinone has been banned in many places around the world. And in the U.S. with the CARES Act from COVID, uh -huh. kind of strangely, they outlawed over-the-counter bleaching agents which was primarily the 2% hydroquinone agents. And uh, rarely, really rarely, particularly with higher concentrations, it can cause deposition of black pigment in the skin called ochronosis. And there's some maybe association with long-term use with cancer, maybe, maybe, maybe. So that was really pulled back. But the combination of tretinoin, and a steroid cream along with hydroquinone is really effective. Okay. But the idea is it's not a chronic treatment. You just use it. And once you're better, you switch to non-hydroquinone agents. Okay. And um, so I, there are a lot of really good ones out there that can be very helpful, particularly for maintenance. Um, one of my favorite ones is azelaic acid. You can get it by prescription and over the counter. Okay. It's very effective for not only acne rosacea, but regular acne. And it also helps with hyperpigmentation. So if you have acne and hyperpigmentation, it's a great option along with a mild retinoid. Because back to, you know, I'm just this, I just say the thing, things over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. You know, vitamin A-derived um, treatments are very good. But if you have a tendency for hyperpigmentation, you have to go really with the less irritating products. Over-the-counter products such as those containing kojic acid, niacinamide. There's actually one, it's a little pricey, but it can be very effective, called cystiamine. It can be very helpful. But if you're not decreasing the irritation and decreasing the new inflammation, as well as using good sun protection, you are chasing your tail because oh you tend, you know, to people to understand you manage hyperpigmentation. You don't cure it. Wow. But if you have that acne, you know, when you get the acne under control, then you're in pretty good shape. So even if you have the hyperpigmentation on your face, you can you still use those same things on your face, not just your neck or your back or your, your hand, but you can use Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm sorry. These are in particular for your face. 
Okay. In particular for your face. What about the invasive versus non-invasive treatments? So there are the chemical peels or, you know, there's the microneedling, which can be helpful in addition to adding certain ingredients that help to reduce the hyperpigmentation. So the microneedling, they make tiny, tiny little holes all over the skin on this grid uh-huh. that they're making these tiny holes. And so they can get some of the medication to penetrate a little bit deeper in the skin uh-huh. to help with the hyperpigmentation. Chemical peels, and again, going slowly, because if you're using anything that creates damage that's not super controlled, it's just going to make it worse. Yes. You have to really be cautious. And then laser and light therapies, there's one called intense pulse light, which means it's a broad uh, range of light. It's not just one wavelength of light. That's why we call it intense pulse light. Okay. And those, that could be very helpful, but again, it's heat. And so we don't really use it in darker skin tones. In lighter skin tones, it's much safer. Okay. Um, pulse dye light, which is a gold standard for um, blood vessels and can also help. Some people have melasma and there's a vascular component and it can help with that. And then there's um, other Lasers, one called uh, Q-switch neodymium YAG laser can be used. But I just, you know, over and over, like, you just have to be really, really Really careful. careful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you have melasma in the second layer of the skin, sometimes you go with a non-invasive laser um, that can help get that deeper layer of the skin. There are some birthmarks. One's called a nevus of Oda. And you can use a laser to help get rid of that pigment Uh. in the deeper layer of the skin. Sometimes people can have those big birthmarks on their face. Uh Those lasers, the birthmarks kind of look almost blue. Yes. The lasers can really help with those. Uh Okay. And the target is deeper in the skin. I I wouldn't rush to do anything that creates heat. Yeah. Or with microneedling, gentle peels. And if somebody's just going to do one peel, that's not usually going to help. So it's better to do multiple, less aggressive peels than to try to get everything done in one peel. With, with doing this, is because you say we have to do multiple mm-hmm. to get rid of them, especially like for birthmarks. Um, so for birthmarks, you're going to have to do a procedure like a laser. Oh boy. Okay. Because that's you know that's fixed tissue. It's not just excess pigment. So that's actually from cells themselves. Oh, okay. Okay. The birthmark. Man. Yeah, if you've got a spot that you're worried about for cancer, uh-huh. so um, that would be a flat or raised mole. It can be any color that's changing or evolving, size, shape, color, texture, feeling, asymmetry, irregular borders any change in a mole and you don't want to wait to hurt or bleed or bother you. It's always really the way it looks and that they can really occur anywhere. They can occur in the mouth and the groin, hands, feet. So you really just have to be looking anywhere. Mm -hmm. You really have to just be looking. Um, So for, for, this is something that, you know, I've heard people ask before people question, because the truth is a lot of persons are afraid to go to the dermatologist because of the costing. So, <laughs> yeah, that's real. so 
like how much is it that will cost to get the laser done or you know the invasive versus the invasive treatment um and to figure out how to do because hearing that you have to do sometimes so multiple peels people hear a lot of money so people mm-hmm. would prefer to go on to use the quote-unquote bleaching cream to try and get rid of it than to go to a dermatologist to try and figure out what's happening well i i will say that sometimes it's hard to get in to see a dermatologist and it can be expensive and mm-hmm. sometimes insurance you know covers things well and sometimes mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. so you're, you're spot on mm-hmm. with spending a lot of money and being very frustrated with treatments that don't work to go in for a one-time visit just to talk about it and get yourself on some good products prescription or non-prescription the over-the-counter bleaching creams have actually been found to also contain mercury which is very dangerous wow so just getting things oh you know it's the best thing from you know the far east you know it works well, it works, but, you know, it can also be very toxic to your body. Right. So it's better to go in, say, for instance, if you have hyperpigmentation and you go in and you get recommendations of how to protect your skin properly, as well as get a prescription for a very effective medicine. Right. That you don't often need a procedure. Like a procedure is where you end up. It shouldn't be where you start. Okay, Right. And you, you want to choose a provider who has an interest in helping you that, uh-huh. you know, oh, it's, you know, it's not cancer. You're fine. I'm like, okay, it's not, it's not cancer, but I want this treated. Yes. And dermatologists are well-versed in how to help people with hyperpigmentation. But if you're not improving, you know, to talk with your provider and say, hey, you know, how long should I give this? And how can I let you know if I'm not doing better? So a lot of us now have these patient portals, so you don't have to go in every time. Right. Or to go in and say, I really want to understand, take notes, and get a stepwise. So certainly procedures like chemical peels can run anywhere from $150 to $300 each. Okay. You know, are there packages? Are there, you know, lasers do tend to run more like $500 to $1,500 each. Uh-huh. But again, for hyperpigmentation, that that's the last resort. Right. You know, even oral medication, the transemic acid, if you have really bad melasma, and it's actually not a real expensive medication. Okay. Okay. So to go in for an office visit with a dermatologist, you can certainly shop around. Okay. Um, for things like hyperpigmentation, sometimes you can start off with, um, you know, one of the telemedicine platforms that make sure you're seeing a dermatologist. If you're worried about a skin cancer or a spot or a mole, uh, I have just uh, launched Modern Ritual with my daughter, uh-huh. which is an at-home spot check for skin cancer. So it's a screening for skin cancer. It's not a diagnostic, but from your home, you can order a kit, upload a photo, and within two business days, you can find out from a board-certified provider how likely that spot is for cancer and how concerned you might need to be. Nice. And it's about the cost of a copay. Nice. So that, that is an option and we are expanding into other States. We're in North Carolina now, but we want to have skin cancer screening accessible. So, 
you know, do you need to take off half a day of work to go in and find out if something's cancer? Well, if you do, you do, you know, but it's hard to get in. And if you really need to go, you'll go. Uh-huh. Um, but this will let you know. That's very good. Nice. Congratulations on that, Dr. Webb. Thank you. We're very, very, very excited. But I think for people, you can spend as much as you would at the dermatologist wasting your money on products and ordering things online. And there are some really great products out there. But understanding the step approach the thing also is that we don't want people to just buy products and it's not going to work for them. So and it's really worse, you know, if it's yeah. Because I mean, we're just looking on, on, we're just buying stuff, looking on, on YouTube and just buying stuff. I mean, or just, just using stuff and trying to figure it out. Also, um, I've heard persons say the hyperpigmentation can start from PCOS. I'm not sure. Well, a lot of times with PCOS, um, I would think it's due to a couple of things. One is the acne that sometimes uh-huh. comes with PCOS. Sometimes you have what's called um, metabolic syndrome with it. And so you have a tendency to have diabetes and the things that come with diabetes like acanthosis nigricans, which we talked about is actually not pigment. Right. It's a buildup of the top layer of the skin of the cell. Skin cells, which right. can sometimes be helped with things like amlactin or glycolic acid or, or gentle products like that. So the acanthosis nigricans, as well as um, a lot of times women with PCOS are dealing with excess facial hair and neck hair, and mm-hmm. you know, they're plucking and doing different things that can certainly lead to hyperpigmentation scarring. So we could do a whole nother segment on hair removal. <laughs> That sounds good. For sure. For sure. So with PCOS, it can definitely be, you know, multi-pronged as to why you have to deal with hyperpigmentation. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is something that, I mean, I'm sure other people would want to hear about because I've, I've heard many people talk about it before. It's something that troubles many, but you know, there are times we just leave it alone because it's not troubling us. If it's not troubling us, why? But then again, it bothers people, especially like it's on the neck or on the face. It's very visible. So and it bothers if you. And if you're using um, methods that are leading to scarring and hyperpigmentation and ingrown hairs, that's tough. <sighs> and some people get keloids from trying to do that. And I've, I've seen some real difficult cases where people have been trying to deal with this hair and whatever they're doing is creating so much scarring. Oh boy. Yeah. Ah, okay. So the best thing that we need to do is to go and see a dermatologist <laughs> and figure out the way <laughs> from there. Treatments. I will tell you on TikTok, I've been on there a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, to look at the dermatologist, we actually have really good information. So to follow actual dermatologists on TikTok. Yeah. We've all posted about melasma and hyperpigmentation treatments. We're not holding back. (laughs) Right. You're going in because I've seen some of them. So you're going in (laughs) with them. We're not just just sitting there and disapproving of of the misinformation. We're also trying to add knowledge for people so they'll understand there are really great treatments out there. There's plenty of over-the-counter treatments for hyperpigmentation. 
Yes, we just need to speak to somebody about it and somebody who knows, like a dermatologist. Yeah. And then, you know, to look at our information, things like niacinamide, azelaic acid, general use of glycolic acid, over-the-counter retronal, even different, all those can be very helpful. And even you the, what you're addressing. Right. And even a guy colleague that you spoke about, can people use that just the oil? Because they sell the oil, like the serums. I've heard persons talk about using the serum oils, like I call it, but I'm not quite sure if just using that alone is helpful. Well, it needs to be a whole program. <laughs> it has to have sun protection and light protection. And again, the visible light protection for hyperpigmentation. So if oh. you're not doing that, you're never going to get better. Oh. And if oh, you're wow. only doing that, you might get better with just that. Oh. And if you have hyperpigmentation on your neck and use things like a mild retronal and the glycolic acid, those are all over the counter. You don't need to see a dermatologist to try to start using things like that. Okay. Sounds as well good. as niacinamide and kojic acid. These are all over the counter. Licorice root. Hmm. So there's a lot of good over the counter, but you need to know what you're dealing with. That's so, a problem. So we still can't buy them then. We, we still can't just buy them because we really don't know if it's a problem or if it's just, you know, the dermis or epidermis. We don't know where it is. So we still have to go to a dermatologist then before we can just start buying stuff because we're either going to make it better or make it worse. Now we're not quite sure what it is. Right. Well, if you're sure you have acne, you can start with a good over-the-counter product, you know, product like that. And if you're, you know, you're sure you have melasma, then you can start with, you know, a great sunblock, a visible block. And I will say for melasma and a lot of hyperpigmentation, you'll get a lot better results in the fall than you will in the summer. Oh, wow. You can at least try to maintain in the summer mm. with your really great tinted sunblocks that are SPF 30, broad spectrum. Right. Really protective. Okay. That sounds good. So I don't want to say you have to go to a dermatologist. No, 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 no. There's plenty of good stuff, okay. but I am saying, yes, you have to know, at least have a pretty good idea of what's going on. And okay. what I'll tell you, you know, what you're talking about, like your neck, that's, you probably need to get checked for diabetes if you're having, you know, a lot of thick, dark skin around your neck and some other symptoms, and that may lead you more towards needing that. Okay. Okay. Evaluation. So a sign of, of skin, di of systemic disease, not just. Um, not just, you know, hyperpigmentation, but a real sign. Right, right, right. Understood, understood. Man, mm -hmm. thank you. Now I'm going to do some research on my own <laughs> to figure out what's happening. You always happening. ask me a question. You always send me a question. <laughs> I will definitely do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So thank you so much, Dr. Beth. Can you just tell us where to find you? I can be found at... Um, modernritual.com m-o-d-e-r-n ritual.com and derm dr goldstein on um tiktok uh -huh. please follow me yes <laughs> at derm d-r-m dr d-r goldstein g-o-l-d-s-t-e-i-n nice thank you so much again dr beth i truly enjoyed this this one i enjoyed also i enjoyed very much um, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, there's a lot of information that you gave that's 
that's very important and i'm very sure a lot of persons will benefit from it so thank you so much absolutely and i'll send you some information if you want to put up there about sure you know treatment as sure well. no problem i'd appreciate that very much <laughs> so thank you again and thank you again for listening guys to unfiltered by jade and we'll be back next week tuesday thank you thank-